0: We have a lot of like preconceived notions on heaven. We have a lot of things that we think heaven is like, but the Bible has a much different viewpoint. Um, one thing I want to recommend real quick, Mr. Listen talked about this last week, it's called Heaven by Randy Alcorn. Um, each thing is like, so for example... Um, (laughs) I literally just opened it. This is, Will We Sleep in Heaven? So all the high school seniors and college students are super interested in this one, right? And it's only half a page long. That's it. Half a page. Boom. Question answered. What is it? I don't know. Buy the book, right? And then this one, Will We Work in Heaven? This one is a page, is is two pages. And this isn't even, this is like the easy stuff to read, right? With all the little paragraphs and stuff. So this is easy stuff. And it literally, like, I'm just going to, I'm literally opening it to the table of contents. If I can find it. Here we go um let's see uh um, i'm trying to get to like some practice okay section 11 what about animals there you go uh what will our relationships be like will there be marriage what about friendships will there be space and time what will gravity be like what will our bodies be like will we eat and drink will we be capable of sin all these different like question after question after practical question on heaven it's heaven by randy alcorn right great book Check it out if you want to come look at it afterwards. And also, I know we're talking about heaven. We're talking about a specific thing, and this may raise some questions with some of you, right? If you have a question or a comment, let's wait till the end, right? And come and find me. You guys are always really good about that, but I just feel like it needs to be said, especially tonight. Um, I'm going to start a little bit differently tonight. We're going to start with a video. It's four minutes long, but it's awesome. It's by a guy named David Platt. Okay, David knows his Bible. He brings it strong every time. David does this thing called secret church, like once a year now, where he literally, like, his church comes together, and it's modeled after what he would do in foreign countries where Christianity was not as as open or as allowed. And he would literally just drill them with Bible knowledge for hours because they had to do it that way. Does that make sense? And he brought it to America. It's it's really just an in-depth training on one particular topic. He did one called Heaven, Hell, and the End of the World, okay? And he does a four-minute clip here where he talks, um, David talks about how our culture views heaven, how you probably maybe think of heaven, how I think of heaven sometimes, and especially how we've traded the Bible's definition of heaven for a new one, a new definition that of course is not good, and David talks about in this video how we have to get back to what the Bible says about heaven. And he does an incredible job. And I want you to really hear what David says, and then we're going to talk about the video for a little bit, and then we'll jump in to our stuff, okay? Now, let me say this. I don't think it's a big deal for any of you guys. David's going to step on some toes in this video, okay? But he does it using only his Bible, Okay, so it's not like he's, he's saying, I think this, I think this. So if he steps on any of your toes, just know he's using the Bible to do it. And he's trying, he's just trying to give us a deeper appreciation for what heaven is like. Okay, so let's get the lights, Lauren, and then we'll, we'll or Missy, I'm sorry, we'll play the video. Are we recording? Are we all set? You're a rock star. All right, and with that, check out the video and I'll be back.
1: swirling around not just our culture but swirling around the church today about heaven hell and the end of the world Do you know what the best-selling evangelical book of the past decade is heaven is for real a fanciful account of a four-year-old boy who talks about how he went to heaven and got a halo and wings but he didn't like them because they were too small He claims that he sat on Jesus' lap while angels sang to him. He even met the Holy Spirit, whom he describes as kind of blue. Over seven million copies sold. Not to be confused with another book entitled The Boy Who Came Back From Heaven. Another bestseller by a man named Kevin Malarkey. Pun intended. I'm just saying. But Malarkey... (laughs) Malarkey had a six year old son who allegedly made multiple trips to heaven and back after a car accident. Malarkey's son Alex has personally seen Satan many times. He describes him as having a funny looking mouth, a few moldy teeth, no noticeable ears, two bony arms and two bony legs. Now these two books are not to be confused with My Journey to Heaven, What I Saw and How It Changed My Life by Marvin Bestman, Flight to Heaven by Dale Black, To Heaven and Back, A True Story by Mary Neal, 90 Minutes in Heaven by Don, not John, Piper, Nine Days in Heaven by Dennis Prince, 23 Minutes in Hell by Bill Weiss, none of which, none of which you will see in the recommended reading at the end of your study guide. So make no mistake there is money to be made in peddling fiction about the afterlife as nonfiction in the world of Christian publishing today. And and what's that's what's so disturbing about the entire trend these books are being published and then devoured by people who would describe themselves as born again Bible-believing Christians. And all of that shows our level of discernment in the church today on this topic is extremely low. Because the whole premise behind every single one of these books is contrary to everything God's Word says about heaven. John MacArthur sums it up best, I don't have this quote in your guide, but he points to these two verses, I've got Proverbs 34 and John 3:13. when he says, for anyone who truly believes the biblical record, it is impossible to resist the conclusion that these modern testimonies, where their relentless self-focus and the relatively scant attention they pay to the glory of God, are simply untrue. They're either figments of the human imagination, dreams, hallucinations, false memories, fantasies, and in the worst cases, deliberate lies, or else they're products of demonic deception. He continues, we know this with absolute certainty because Scripture definitively says that people do not go to heaven and come back. Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Proverbs 34. Answer, no one has ascended into heaven except he who is descended from heaven, the Son of Man. John 3.13. All the accounts of heaven in Scripture are visions, not journeys taken by dead people. And even visions of heaven are very, very rare in Scripture. You can count them all on one hand. Four biblical authors had visions about heaven and wrote about what they saw. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Paul, and John. All of them were prophetic vision, not near-death experiences, not one person raised from the dead in the Old Testament or the New Testament ever wrote down what he or she experienced in heaven, including Lazarus, who had a lot of time in a grave for four days. I was reading the other day, 2 Corinthians 12 describes being, Paul being, he describes being caught up in the heaven, but he gave no details. He summed it up in three verses. One author said, all the biblical writers who saw heaven and described their visions give comparatively sparse details, but they agree perfectly. Their visions are all fixated on the glory of God, which defines heaven and illuminates everything there. They are overwhelmed, chagrined, petrified, and put to silence by the sheer majesty of God's holiness, notably missing from all the biblical accounts are the frivolous features and juvenile attractions that seem to dominate every account of heaven currently on the bestseller list. Why then, why are we buying the stuff when we have the Word of God? Let's minimize the thoughts of man, magnify, trust. Let's bank our lives and our understanding of the future on the truth of God. At the same time, let's lay aside our traditions and submit to God's Word. So none of us wants to believe things about heaven, hell, and the end of the world just because we grew up hearing certain things taught. There's too much at stake in our lives and others' lives for that.
0: So here we go. couple of things. One, listen to what David says. There is money to be made peddling fiction about the afterlife and calling it nonfiction. So there is money to be made selling false or wrong ideas about heaven and calling it true or fact. Heaven is for real, right? This book by the four-year-old, seven million copies sold came out in a movie, and again, if you've seen the movie, you don't have to like, oh my gosh, but don't use it as your gauge. movie made over $100 million worldwide, 7 million copies sold. That's almost the entire population of New York City, 7 million copies. He also says, our level of discernment on this topic is extremely low. In other words, the church's, our ability to determine what's real about heaven and what's made up about heaven is dangerously low. This is a call to us that we have strayed from the Bible and what it teaches, so much so about heaven that we can no longer tell fact from fiction. We would rather let a four-year-old tell us what heaven is like rather than God. Another part that he said, Scripture is clear that no one has ever gone to heaven and come back. This is so good. We're not going to turn to this one, but if you're taking notes, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 4 is what he said Proverbs 34, but he means Proverbs chapter 30, verse 4. Who has ascended to heaven and come down? The answer, because look at the next part. Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Nobody, right? That's the point. No man. Who who has ascended to heaven and come down? Nobody. And then you have John 3.13 where Jesus says, No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. There's also no near-death experiences in Scripture where someone's seat kind of bridges that gap between heaven and hell, or between heaven and earth. Better than that, better than a near-death experience, there was a death experience, a death and resurrection experience. Lazarus, right? Lazarus comes back from the dead and gives no explanation of heaven. None. But a lot of times we forget in Mark chapter 5, Jesus brings the synagogue leader, Jairus, right? I help me believe, help my unbelief. That's the guy. Jesus brings His daughter back, another small child who's been there, we think, possibly, right? She comes back to life. It's in Mark chapter 5. Mark gives no room for her explanation. There is none given. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Paul, and John all have visions of heaven. All of them are fixated on the glory of God during that vision. David says, "...not frivolous features and juvenile attractions..." that are listed in these books. David's point in the video is the Bible's point for eternity. The point of heaven is God. The point of heaven is God. Heaven is safe because of God. Heaven is pure because of God. Heaven is the best place because of God. And here's why. John 1-3 tells us that everything was made through Jesus. Jesus made everything and this is important because of what it means for us it means that every good thing comes from Jesus he made it all so every good thing comes from Jesus which means every good thing begins with him every good thing finds its beginning every good thing finds its heart in Jesus he is the source and power that fuels everything that is good Good things are nothing without Him. Which means, for example, Jesus didn't just invent fun. Fun began in Jesus' mind and heart. He is at the very heart of what makes fun so great because He's the one who thought of it. He's the one who made it. Jesus is the very essence of fun. Jesus didn't just invent laughter. He's at the heart of every laugh. He's at the heart of what laughter means. Jesus didn't just invent love. The Bible tells us, you know this, right? That He is love. Love exists because God exists. When we think of heaven, we cannot just think of a place. We have to think of a person. Is heaven fun? Well, the one who created fun rules heaven. Is heaven a loving place? Well, In heaven, you will come face to face with the God who is love. Is heaven safe? Well, the God who knows all things and controls all things dwells there. Heaven is what it is because of God. If you took God out of heaven, heaven would not be heaven anymore. More on that later. There is no heaven without God. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 16. Psalm 16, verse 11. We're going to look through a couple of things here. Remember, heaven is not a place. It's a person. Heaven is more about the person. It's more about God than it is about this place that you get to go to. It's, It's this person that you get to be with. Psalm 16, verse 11. Psalm 16, verse 11. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures for how long? Forever. Heaven is heaven because of God. Fullness of joy, right? The deepest, fullest sense of happiness you can ever experience, right? Right? pleasure forever never ending pleasure that sounds like heaven right the deepest sense of joy pleasure never ending for that sounds like heaven but the guy's talking about god here you see that he's not describing heaven he's describing god missy can we turn on these second row of lights right here so the front people can see their the, that one works too that's fine um it's great so psalm 16:11 right something to circle Heaven is heaven because of God. His presence is what makes heaven what it is. Heaven is not so much about a place, it's about a person. Um, A lot of you guys know, especially in high school, Kristen, my wife, Kristen's dad passed away around Easter last year. And he had passed away and we're all still in the hospital room. Uh, Kristen was still holding his hand. Uh, She held it for over two hours after he died. And so in that two-hour period, we're sitting in the hospital room, and um, she looks at her mom, and she says, where is he now? Where is he right now? You know, you wonder, and the mom says that she didn't know. I don't know. And immediately, a verse was put in my mind. Turn to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8. And this is what I told them. And it'll be on the board as well. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8. This is Paul speaking. Again, heaven's not so much about a place. It's a person. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8. We are of good courage, I say, and, and I prefer, this is Paul, I prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's what Paul says. Notice Paul doesn't say to be absent from the body is to be in heaven. To be absent from earth is to be in heaven. Obviously he means that, but what does he describe heaven as here? God. Being with God. To be absent from the body is to be in heaven, but Paul says specifically what heaven is like. To be absent from the body is to be with God. God and he says home this idea of security and safety and this feeling of belonging as in this is where I'm supposed to be so heaven is going to be this this thing this this idea this place where you feel like you're supposed to be there where you feel this safety and satisfaction we like to say sometimes and I say it too like you know when I get to heaven I'm just going to feel like I don't deserve to be there well, that's true, I think, to a degree, but, but in a sense, it's also not true. You're going to feel like this is exactly where you're supposed to be. And again, it's with God. For Paul, saying, I'm in heaven, and saying, I'm with God, is the same thing. Because, Kev- because heaven is characterized, Kevin, because heaven is characterized not by things or images, But by God being with us, heaven is not so much about a place as it is about God. Turn to Philippians chapter 1. Paul does the same thing here. Philippians chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Galatians, Ephesians. No, 1 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Philippians chapter 1. Verses 22 to 24. Paul does this again. Philippians chapter 1. Verses 22 to 24. But if I am to live on in the flesh, so we stay on the earth, if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which to choose. But I am hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and go to heaven, having the desire to depart and be with Christ. For that... Is much better. I desire to be, I desire to depart. I desire to leave earth and be with Christ. Does Paul Paul want to go to heaven? Of course he does. But Paul does not say, I desire to go to heaven. He says, I desire to be with God. We think of heaven as a place that we can't wait to go to. But that's like getting to meet a famous person at Kroger and you say, oh, I've never been to Kroger before. You're missing the point. And I want you to think about this sentence. All these books that talk about heaven without God are missing heaven. All these books that are about heaven without God are missing heaven. Heaven. By focusing all of our attention on heaven, just as a place that we're missing, just as a place, we're missing out on the whole reason that heaven is what it is. If you go to a baseball game and there's no one playing, it's a meaningless building. It's not a baseball game. And in the same way, if you go to heaven and God's not there, you're not in heaven. People say heaven's going to be awesome whether God's there or not. Do you see how wrong that sentence is? If God's not there, heaven will not be peaceful because God is the source of and protector of peace. If God's not there, heaven will not be fun because God is the essence and the source of fun. If God's not there, heaven will not be loving because God is the source of and the essence of love. Heaven without God. Heaven's going to be awesome without God. Heaven without God is unsafe, miserable and filled with murder and pain. No wonder Paul said I want to be with God. In fact, the word heaven, okay? Want to go to heaven? The word heaven is a reference to the sky and to the stars. It's Shemayim in Hebrew. It's the highest point you can see in the sky. That's the heavens. And so saying God is in heaven isn't really a reference to a place. It's a title of honor for God. A peasant dwells in a house, but a king, you know he's a king because he dwells in a palace. And God's palace is made up of the stars and the planets. He has a position higher up, more superior than any other being. God ranks as high as the heavens can reach even higher. Heaven is part of God's title. God literally is heaven. So heaven is not this place to go to where God's not there God being in heaven is what makes heaven, heaven. He is heaven. So you see how ridiculous all these books and movies are that focus on heaven without God because heaven isn't heaven without God. 90 minutes in heaven. This book should be called 90 minutes in a place that I made up. Heaven is for real or that figment of my imagination is real subtitle if you're a parent wanting to learn about the cosmos don't listen to your four-year-old right one more example of this why do we think heaven will be filled with endless joy why do we think that heaven goes on forever because of God heaven is fun because God is fun heaven is safe because God protects it but heaven is eternal because God is eternal Things cannot last forever unless they are fueled by something or someone that never runs out. Here's how this is going to work. Every day in heaven, you will learn more about God and grow even deeper in relationship with God, fall deeper in love with Him each day. That relationship will get deeper and better every day. And God is endless. So you will continue to fall into a deeper, more joy-filled love with God every day and never reach the bottom. C.S. Lewis wrote a series called The Chronicles of Narnia, right? You may have heard of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That's the second one or the first, depending on how you look at it, right? The Last Battle is the seventh book in the series. First book I ever read twice, so a little tear there, right? Um... This is the the last book in the series. Listen to how Lewis ends the book. He's talking about heaven. Listen to this. And as Aslan spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion. But the things that began to happen after that, think about heaven, the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, this is the end of all the stories. And we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has ever read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. That's great, yeah, exactly. Think about the idea, right? Think about this idea that everything in your life, every piece of your life, and this is hard because you're so young, but as you get older, you'll see, right, every part of your life that we plan so hard to get, right, that we do everything we can to figure out how to pack it all in is just the the cover and the title page compared to eternity, A never-ending book. That's how long, and every single day of that eternity will be better than it is before. Why? But why? Because it is. But why is it? Because God is there, and he is inexhaustible. You cannot get to the bottom of saying, I figured it all out. I know everything there is to know about God. So you will spend eternity, not in in a classroom listening to the lecture about God, Every day, right? Though for some of us, that sounds like heaven, right? Anyway, but a deeper experience of Him, a deeper love for Him every day that gets better. Heaven is not static. It is constantly getting better forever because we are constantly getting to know God better. Last one, turn to John 14. John chapter 14, verse 3. This is Jesus speaking. John chapter 14 verse three. It says Christ speaking, and he says this if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Can we go to the next verse, Lauren, as well? That would be awesome. But it's I mean, it's still good. So if I go and and you know the way where I'm going, keep going. And the disciples said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? And you know what comes next. And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So John 14, 3 through 6. So heaven is a place that Jesus himself prepares for us. Just to give you a clue as to how good Jesus is at preparing things, we learned again, John 1 tells us, Jesus made everything, every good thing. The guy who's preparing this for you is the one who made every good thing. He didn't just invent fun. He is the essence of fun. And he's the one preparing this. He didn't just invent laughter. He's at the heart of laughter. He's the one preparing this. He didn't just invent love. He is love. That's the person who's saying... I am going to personally design this place for you. And notice here also Jesus uses physical descriptions. A house, a room, a place. This is to show us that the afterlife is a physical reality that you and I will be able to tangibly enjoy. It's not some ethereal realm just of disembodied spirits. This should remind us that heaven is not our final stopping point. Heaven is not our final home. God never gave up on His plan for us to dwell on earth. Revelation tells us that God will create a new heavens and a new earth. A resurrected universe for a resurrected people to enjoy, free from sin and brokenness. This is what Mr. Listen was talking about last week. When you act in a resurrected way, When you act in a way that shows Jesus to people here and now, you are giving others a preview of what the new heavens and the new earth will be like at that time. And last but not least, heaven is also a place that only Jesus can get us to. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Only through being united to Jesus in faith do we actually get to go to heaven. Only through following Him and enjoying Him now, getting to see more of heaven now, do we get to go to heaven to be with Him later. And this kind of makes sense. This this is why those who just use Jesus to get to heaven will not be there. Because they're using Jesus to get to the things, and heaven is not about that. Heaven is about getting to be with Jesus face to face and experiencing the new heavens and the new earth with Him, knowing Him deeper and better every day. Through following after Him, through trusting Him and obeying Him now, Jesus is the one who gets us into heaven. He is the only way to it. Let's pray and then we'll be done.